When you hear the trippy music and it's two o'clock on a Wednesday, you know it's time for some call me Tim. Oh, I didn't time it out right. Some call me Tim. There it is with the music. Uh, welcome everybody to Some Call Me Tim, the show where we talk to an individual every week about what they believe in, whether that be religion or spirituality of any kind, uh, or just their life practices, their rituals, whatever they, they do. And we have a returning guest. We have Dee Dee. Yay, Deborah Dee Dee. I don't know. <laughs> Freeman. That's right. I don't know. But she actually knows a lot about everything. So, and or I the fake universe. it really good. You fake it. Yeah, you fake it really well. But you're, you're um, a spiritual, spiritual leader. You help people uh, move through their lives with meaningful meaning and uh, connection. That I do. Uh-huh, yay. That I do. Well, welcome. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, it's like problem solving, you know. When I used to be in the military, That's so I was crazy. aircraft mechanic and I was a flight engineer. I was air crew. I was like Scotty on Star Trek. And you develop this ability or your innate ability to problem solve by looking at a situation and kind of no, just noticing and then you go ah oh, oh that's what's not working and then you go in and you fix it and then it runs right so now I do that with people how it's so hard for me to imagine you in the military it's so hard for me because you seem like such a free thinker and whenever I think of military I think following orders and you know it's it's like a you know, you're wearing a uniform. You're bo- you're not a person. You're a what? You're a soldier, right? Yeah, so you're, you're a soldier, you, you, but but your identity is so your aura, your your nest. Believe your, me, my identity was never molded into a soldier. They tried like hell, but it didn't work very well. Um, and I was always like this close to getting thrown in jail, or this really? close from getting a an Article 15, which is like a letter of reprimand. But somehow I managed not to because I was one of the first females in uh, aircraft maintenance and I had a really high aptitude for it because my father didn't have a son so he raised me with a toolbox and when I went and signed up for the Air Force because I loved airplanes and I loved to fly, I scored really high so not only did they have a token female, they had a token female who could do the job and understand. You know how to fly planes. Not fly. Oh. I knew I was oh, you the were, like, flight engineer. It's like oh. um, you monitor all the systems with the gauges and the dials and the circuit breakers and all of that stuff. <sighs> and you work with the pilot to run checklists like getting ready to take off, getting ready to land. There's all these checklists that you have to run. And back in those days, there wasn't any computers. Oh. So I did the calcul- a lot of calculations uh, with a big binder and a lot of graphs. Wow. And I was good at it. And I had a sense of humor, and I didn't take stuff personally when the guys started harassing women in general, making comments. Right, right. I just just got them back really good. You you wanted to be in the military. You applied for it. I wanted to get out of San Francisco in 1975 because who knows where I would be if I didn't leave then. All of my friends were... How old were you? I went in the military when I was 17. Wow. Yeah. You, but and Right you, out of high but school. you wanted to. This is crazy to me that you were like... Okay, so let's I, put this in perspective. Okay. I grew up in a hippie artist co-op 
called Project Artaud. Right. You know, a few blocks over that way. Yeah. Young lady, teenager. So when you're a young lady, teenager, whatever, you want to rebel, right? Right. Well, who was I rebelling against? Oh, my God. The artists, the hippies. What... In better seven. way could I annoy them than to join the military I know especially right Force, after though. but it, it was, was right Force. after so right after Vietnam ended actually yeah and I, I got my GI Bill too I skated in got GI Bill yeah, my father was a marine my mother was in the army air corps wow and I was a total juvenile delinquent and they're like you know you might want to think about the military and I'm like yeah could I fly planes and they're like sure so I never, do, I never was the pilot, but I got to do all of that. Right. Yeah, it was me getting out of a situation where who knows what would have happened to me if I didn't get a little discipline. I because needed the discipline. Were, because you were at, growing up on a hippie. That is so funny to me. That the way that you rebelled <laughs> more from the hippies. Now? Yeah, yeah. Is that you joined the Air Force? Wow. That gave me discipline it taught me to work as a team it taught me not to freak out under stressful situations or right. possibly deadly situations sure you just do what you're trained to do and it give you it gave me a sense of confidence that I never had before and now I'm very organized I can get stuff done and still have time to go have fun and right. all because of that and I wow. stayed in for 12 12 years yeah wow so you were 31 years. when you got out of the military yeah and then you came back to San Francisco. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was in San Francisco a big oh, chunk of that time. Okay, okay. I was stationed at a Travis Air Force base. Okay. So I was home all the time. Yeah, I'd go, I'd like fly for two weeks and then I'd be home for a week and then I'd go fly again. And yeah, it was really a wonderful, wonderful time. And then did you go to school afterward or were you going to school during your time in the military? Like, I. Part-time went to school while I was in the military, but after I got out of the military, then I went back and took like archaeology and anthropology and art and all kinds of stuff like that. Never graduated, but I definitely took advantage of my GI Bill. But when did all this spirituality and stuff start? Like, I can't imagine you in the military with like crystals and you know I didn't I've only had a spiritual practice for about six years now oh wow that's the other thing I rebelled against it's like the hippie woo woo stuff like new age no right 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 right. hell with that I didn't even take yoga didn't even (laughs) do yoga I didn't even own a crystal wow now I have a few and they have names and personalities and sure they talk to me (laughs) it's so amazing though that you went your pendulum has swung back and forth so many times yeah that but that's sort of my nature you know I'm like quadruple Scorpio Mars and Scorpio you know I got all of these things that just make me very extreme and I come from a long line of bipolar hey oh you know so it's like do you would you consider yourself do you think you have any I mean oh absolutely no one What's a mental health issue? That yeah, right. Question, it's all right. relevant, right? Do you think you have mental health issues? Maybe uh, in certain maybe, circumstances. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think other people would probably say I have well, mental that's what health I'm, issues. I know that I can keep myself grounded, and if I keep myself occupied with a lot of things that engage my my thinking capacity, I stay very grounded, and I just have to remember not to overdo it. You know, I gotta watch the look on people's faces when I go off onto some tangent about metaphysics or, sure. or, or aircraft uh, tire pressures or something, you know? <laughs> but but so my father also me. taught me, he was like, no medication, but he oh, was okay. very bipolar, but super, super smart. 
And he was a clown. And he's the one who moved me into Project Arteau when I was 14, 15 years old. Right. So he taught me to not be boxed into an ordinary way. You'll, there's, you'll have no challenge and you'll lose your mind. So I never right. did. He was the one who encouraged me to just live a really radical lifestyle. I mean, yeah, I wow. spread out pretty, it's a pretty it's seemingly it's, it's, unrelated areas, but... Yeah. But spirituality, I probably have been spiritual my entire life. I just, I love nature. I always love to fly. I used to have dreams of flying. I used to be Peter Pan when I was in my oh, dreams. Sure, sure. I would levitate and I would fly. And then when I'd swim underwater to me with goggles on, it was like, like flying, like sure. being in the air. And it just, it was so magical to me. And to actually have a job where I flew. Yeah. And then later on, I was in construction and I was a welder and I played with fire. I get to play with fire for a living. Wait, so wait, <laughs> when did you learn how to, did they teach you how to weld when you were in the military? Nope. Or you just, no, that's something just after I did you were afterwards. like, I'm yeah. just going to. City College, San Francisco. You just learned to weld. Butch Beasley's welding class. Wow. Oh yeah. And I took it, um, what do you call it? Not pass and pass and fail, like credit, non-credit. Sure. Didn't cost me a dime. Wow. And it's a job I'm retired from now. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, back to spirituality yeah. and all of that. <laughs> so, but all of these things that I've done have given me a perspective on people, places, things. And I really like the idea of altered states of consciousness. Yeah. Which is just um, relax yourself, focus on your breathing, calm yourself down, and pick a topic that you want to know more about or you want to think about and then you just think about that keep your conscious mind engaged but you're also paying attention to the little thoughts that come up around the edges Mm -hmm. and that's your subconscious starting to talk to you or problems that you have going on that as soon as you're not engaged with something they, they want to be looked at right so that's what i like to help people that's do nice yeah well See, then they the sort out things their on own the stuff <laughs> yeah the little the things, things on the around edges. the edges yeah, yeah. That, that voice that's always telling you you're a worthless piece of shit it's like oh excuse me let me let me make a note of that exactly how am i a worthless piece of shit and you start talking to it instead of ignoring it right and it'll tell you what it needs to tell you wow and it'll go away wow i mean that's kind of very short condensed sure no but that 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 makes sense in a whole new way for me well that's the that's what i do with hypnosis you know that's what i do one of guided meditation it's all kind of the same state of mind but i've used my what do you call it like analytical brain to deconstruct what is trance sure how how does one enter trance and what does one do with that there's so many things that you can do with that state of mind i mean advertising logos are like getting in your that's, mind that's in a, a subliminal way wouldn't huh. it be nice if you were like aware of how that part of your mind works so you could invite in what you want and leave right. out what you don't because all of the, well I think your, our brain does do that because there are certain things that we can't pay attention to we we can't remember everybody's fa- the face of every stranger that we see on that like our brain makes us not think about everything yeah it filters the conscious right. the conscious mind filters the subconscious captures everything Every- so, our, so our subconscious mind although I'm walking down the street and I'm not remembering the faces of my, my subconscious mind Your will subconscious remember mind all of it is, yeah and people who understand neuro-linguistic programming and you know how how our subconscious mind works can affect strangers on the street 
who are spaced out walking down the road. If they wanted to, you know, they can like plant a little, a little quick thought in somebody's mind. Huh? I mean, I'm not saying people are walking around doing that, but it's uh, people can do that. Wow. Yeah, it's good to know because how your mind works. Well, and if you're, I mean, a lot of us just aren't in touch with the world around us at all. Like, at, like I don't. I don't listen to an iPod when I walk around because I like to hear the sounds of the world because I also don't want to get run over by a car. Like, I see people constantly staring at their phone and, like, running into either each other or a person on a bike or... Distracted, yeah. They're 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 completely disengaged. Okay, so let me use, uh, like, something that happens in our neighborhood more often than it should, unfortunately. It's like getting your phone stolen, right? Right. Well, when does a perpetrator figure out when's a good time to steal your phone when from you? When you're on the phone. Well, when you're focused <laughs> yeah. on that phone so intently that you are not paying attention to a single thing around you. Right. That's trance, by the way. Oh. So you're entranced by your phone, and they can walk right up and just snatch it out of your hand because you're not paying attention. Sure. So that's where a a bad guy could use that trance state to take advantage of you somehow. Yeah. So that's why you're really smart to be mindful of your environment because nothing's going to sneak up on you that you're not aware of. Right. Well, and that's, yeah. I just want to be engaged in my environment because that's what I, well, that's where all your cool ideas are, come yeah. from. Every, well, just yeah, paying attention to things yeah. or thinking yeah, or yeah. looking at things or, you know, analyzing what's going on with the world around me. But then why do you think it's like a government ploy that they, that these iPhones and this, is there a larger conspiracy that makes us be disengaged? Is there like an evil that exists beyond that's like so I excited about? I would not use the word evil. That's like subjective judgment passing on a phenomena that exists. Um, I agree that there is a conspiracy of sorts to keep us from being in touch with our subconscious and our superconscious mind because we all have the ability, like where does your art come from? Where does your comedy come from? Those ideas come from your imagination, but that's all part of your spirituality, your subconscious mind, your creativity. So if our government can keep us distracted with consumer things and sparkly lights and flashing colors and all of that, then we don't use our mind to think critically about where we're going and what we're doing. We're just like distracted all the time. We're taking the first thing that comes in front of us and reacting to it. And then we forget to write about it. I do think that is a conspiracy. They want consumers to be wage slaves. What's up with the freaking student loans? You know, know, but that's like something that started off, it's supposed to be free, education's supposed to be free. So everybody goes and gets an education and next thing you know, people are getting 40, 50, 60, $100,000 worth of student loan before they even hit the streets as a, a worker bee right and then you're basically a wage slave unless you choose like some have fuck you i'm not doing it but then you have to live this other kind of lifestyle because you know so yeah. the conspiracy i'm not going to even call it a theory i believe it is a conspiracy to keep us as a herd you know doing what the big business corporations want us to do which is by crappy food consumer stuff and work what, buy things that break yeah and yeah and, and why and, and status and symbols don't, don't think. think have your I, yeah. I mean people still are like you don't have a smartphone I never want a smartphone I want to not have one as long as I cannot have I mean I don't ever want one 
This is so scary. They're, the, what they're doing in China right now, did you hear about this? They're making every single person in China have almost like a, a face, well, they, they're going to account for them all on like a Facebook kind of thing, but it's a special government thing because they're trying to recover. There's like 20 million people that don't exist because if they were born, they were, they were supposed to have the one child rule and a lot of people had more than one child. And so they don't exist. They don't have cards. They don't have ID. They don't exist. They don't have social security or there aren't, they, but whatever it is in China that says you exist, yeah. they don't have that. And now they're like 20, 25, 30 years Whoa. old. And so now that didn't hear about now that. the government is trying, the Chinese government is trying to document every single person and they've also been doing terrible things. They've just been imprisoning people that have different religions, like the Falun Gong people. They imprison them, and they're they're like a meditation. They're like a religion based on meditation and stuff. And they they've imprisoned like sixty thousand of them. And then this is the thing they do in China: they harvest organs without the consent. Oh of, shit! So they're imprisoning like metaphysical thinkers, spiritual you know, meditation healers and think it's like it's Falun Gong. It's like the name of this thing. Right. And then they're just harvesting their organs. And so in China, it takes like three, if you have, if you need a kidney transplant, it's like a three day wait. Whereas in the United States, it's like 180 day wait. Yeah. Cause you, cause we have to wait for people to die in car crashes and stuff. And they're like, no, we just take it from the prisoners. So I'm glad that our government hasn't gotten to that place yet. We're, we're like, I mean, I know that we've got mass incarceration, but at least we aren't like using them for. We organs. could always find something worse than, we always than find what we worse. have going right. on, and we could exactly. find something better. But better for me is being in San Francisco, at least for the most part, and being around free-thinking people, being around people who choose not to buy into the status quo. Because you leave San Francisco and you go out in a Nebraska, or I've been in Arizona for quite a right. for six weeks. I was in Arizona and Mexico, and they just don't even question the government. They just kind of, I mean, I'm generalizing, but there's cities and towns full of people that I like that just think way differently than I do and cannot even imagine not conforming. You know, they just conform because that's what we're supposed to do. Right, and that's that's what my my parents did, and that's what they get mad at me about is that I'm so nonconformist and that... Like, why can't I just... I was always like... I, I've always been different and weird or whatever. And but you did conform for I did. a long time. I conformed and you, for... you were miserable. I was miserable, yeah. But for... And now you have this cool little yeah. radio station that's yeah, not that even pirate great. anymore, yeah, right? Because yeah, of well, the, the internet. internet. Yay. Do, 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 do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's... But it's hard. I mean, you, it's... You know, you always want to have the... The... Your parents... You always want your parents to be proud of you or whatever. And I'm just like... You know, at what price? You know, at what price? At what price right. do you want your parents to be proud of you? I mean, how much do you sell out your own soul, right. of who you really are, to please your parents for the status quo, so I that they can show their friends? Yeah. Look, here's my daughter. I know See they were so does? proud. Now I don't even think they they don't even mention me. I was so bummed when my first my first book well, was published. Well, I'm so proud of you oh, for being you. exactly who thank you are. You. <laughs> um, they, I, it was it's funny because I. My brother didn't help either, but my brother has all these friends that are like in the movie biz or whatever. And he didn't say, oh yeah, my sister wrote a book. You should read her book. Like there just wasn't any support or help at all with any of that. Yeah. And I'm just like, like throw me a bone. Your friend wrote, wrote a movie that got made. It was like 21 grams or something. He wrote the, that movie. And I was like, you know a person who writes like, give him a copy of my book yeah. <laughs> for God's sake. So, um, 
anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm just, it just, it's, I, I wonder what it would be like if nepotism existed for me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Like, because I mean, look what Trump's doing with his kids. Now, I hate that guy, but he's, you know, he's like, hey, my kids are awesome. I'm putting them in the government. And I don't agree with that because I don't think that a dynasty is but the way to go. But he's doing it. He's doing and it. That's the ultimate nepotism right there. Yeah. I mean, there you I go. I mean, we have nepotism in the form of like, hey, my friend's a server and, you know, she gets uh, two free meals a week and uh, she's not having that second meal this week. So come on over and you can eat on her dime. You know, that's our kind of nepotism. Yeah. You know, who we know in our little local community and get stuff done that we might not other otherwise be able to do. But... Yeah, nepotism on a grand scale like that is is horrifying to me. It, it, I I can't bear to look at it. Yeah, you know I have to make an appointment with my subconscious to say, okay, subconscious, you are going to look at the news today and you are going to pay attention to what's going on and then you're going to turn it off and you're going to sit with it and notice how it makes you feel. But you and even then figure do out that? why it makes you feel that way and then come up with a creative response but you you actually i can't pay attention to the news right now i just can't do it i found out today all the terrible things that are happening this week and i was like oh people are killed by a car driving down the bike path in new york what like they're like you didn't hear about that it's like i don't have a smartphone so no there's so much stuff to and that's the thing with the i don't have a tv and fed a- this stuff without invitation so i turn this stuff off i have a smartphone i have a computer but i'm really mindful yeah. before I go online to say okay I am getting ready to look at information that I haven't chosen myself and then I look at it then I turn it off and I think oh my god what is going on where people are acting out like that but this is people's like subconscious response to what's going on that they can't even call wrong because it's well everyone says it's right but you know in your heart of hearts it's wrong and People start acting out. You know, there's something bothering that person that made him do that. Right. What was it? You know, what was up with that shooter guy in Las Vegas? Right, which know? is already, but that's the thing about our consumer economy. That's already gone. It's already gone. How is it's that out of the news? How's it gone? Well, that That's de- like a huge tra- tra- tragedy that, that depersonalizes is- humans' lives and the value of their lives. Like the news, just like one thing after another after another, each one of these things take pondering. I mean, I was in Las Vegas right after the shooting, oh and my, my friend lives right off the strip there, and he's a, a yoga teacher, and uh, he's, a, he's a really amazing guy. He's a shamanic guy. And he was helping people just cope by opening his house up and doing meditation and yeah. helping them get to how they're feeling and, and you know, getting through the trauma of what happened. It's, yeah. But he could only help, you know, 20 or 30 people. I mean, sure. there's... There's but a we whole don't. Country that but we don't even acknowledge it. That's the thing. Is I, I was talking yeah. to some people the other day, and it was that, I mean, we can name terrible things like right now without even thinking. I can think of at least ten things that are horrifically wrong with the world right now, like in a second. Okay, now think of ten things that are wonderfully perfect about the world right now. Right. That's for, well. That would be a lot more difficult, actually. Because yeah. there's so, the, I mean, I just learned about Syria today. I'm like, I mean, I knew that they had refugees, but I didn't understand why or what was going on. And we kind of broke it down. And I was like, oh, that's insane to me. And yeah. all, all the, and just people killing, like, it's just crazy to me that there are people living in the world right now where 
there are other people with guns that if they walk around, they're going to get shot by them. Like people are shooting. It's a war. Like they want to kill people. And wrapping my brain around that is really difficult. Like, cause I try to think about it. Like, okay, well, what if that was here now? It would be like, could I imagine walking into the street and then just suddenly a helicopter coming down, barreling down on the street and then like shooting people or like that your block could just be randomly blown up by a, just a bomb like yeah. in England back in the two world war two when the air raids and the big sirens and it was like, and you could be on one block and be fine. And the other block is gone. And you're like, what? And that, that becomes reality for that is reality right now for other people in the world is it's like my brain is broken trying to conceptualize it here and then I think but it's that's real and that's like it's real and it's their (sighs) reality and you're like watching them have their reality and you're helpless you know the hardest thing for me is being helpless because I'm a fixer I'm used to figuring out what the problem is, figuring out what to do about it, and then doing something about it, and right. then going on to the next one and the next one. Helplessness. It's I just have this sense of helplessness, but I still got to get out of bed every day and right. feel motivated to do stuff. So, yeah. You know what I'm doing now is I'm becoming a hospice volunteer. Wow. Like a volunteer hospice chaplain, actually, because I'm working towards my spiritualist minister's certification. Cool. And all that that entails. And there's another sense of helplessness as well, but to just sit with somebody who knows that their life is finite right? and sit with them and just let them be. Yeah. Just let them be and not judge and not try and fix because you can't fix, but be a human presence with somebody that has a lot to sort out before they check out. Sure. You know, and... I, I can't take away their cancer. I can't take away their what, whatever's bothering them, but I can just be present. Right. You know, that's what I do to give myself a sense of purpose in all of this craziness because I'm not affected by bombs. I can get in my truck and I can go someplace else. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to have my health and lots of good friends. And But wow, yeah, what would you do if you were that person in Syria? I or, can't even imagine. Well, and... It's so hard too because when we see like our own wealth and then there's so many, the, the refugees and I'm like, can't we just like have like everyone in San Francisco just take one, take a refugee on your couch or something? Like, can we just like couch surf them yeah. or like, there's gotta be, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't no, understand. There's gotta be some solution. There's gotta but... be some solution, but there, I mean, and I'm so scared. Like it feels like the whole world's falling apart and it feels like, yeah. it feels like our regime that we're currently abiding under has no idea what's going on like has no is the absolute wrong person no empathy no empathy no empathy no empathy and at a time when if what when there's all these things that are happening people could be blown I, i don't want this guy in charge of who were supposed to fight. I don't want to fight anybody, but it's going to come down to something like they're bringing this whole Russia thing. But I thought it was over. I mean, Red Dawn, remember that movie in the eighties and I was all scared of the commies and I, you know, I was like, Oh my God, Red Dawn Wolverines. And I was so scared that of the Russians when I was little. And I was, I had so much stress and anxiety when I was little about the Russians, Russians are coming and missile silos. I, I mean, I was really impacted by that whole like star Wars and, you know, but again, there's the media 
presenting us with an image that they want us to focus on. There's other things to think about, you know, there's other things to think about, but when that's in your face all the time, that's what you think about. Unless you say, I'm not going to think about that today. Yes, it's there, but I'm tired of feeling like shit about things I can't do anything about. You know, where can I find a little patch to have a peace of mind so I can come up with some small thing I can do that will add to the betterment of this world rather than the detriment and not by just checking out, you know? Because it seems like the easiest thing to do is just to check out. You know what I mean? Just to, sure. just to sure. get on the Netflix and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's a time out. and place. You know, you, you're allowed to have a break if you're living a lifestyle where you can get a break, you know? Right. Yeah, my daughter gets on my ass sometimes about... Well, that's easy for you to say, Mom, because you have this, uh, you know, entitlement. You know, you're an entitled class. And she goes, and actually I am too, you know, because she's like the punk traveler type. And she's half Samoan and half white, so I, I spared her the being white part. But, um, <laughs> I did that on purpose, by the way. But, she, you know, I lead Sunday service at a little spiritualist church in Castro, and, and at the end of service, you know, I do guided meditation and, and try and give people a moment of complete relaxation and peace of mind sure. so that they can think. And then at the end of service, she goes, well, that was really nice, Mom, but, you know, not everybody can just be happy and peaceful and calm. You know, people's lives are really horrible. What do you, what do you have to say about that? I'm like, eh, what good is it going to do me to be pissed off? I mean, it's good to be motivated to do something, but I don't think it's good for me to be upset and sad all the time. Not, right. It's like, I'm not running around happy, happy, joy, joy all the time either, but there's a kind of a equanimity. You know, there's like this sort of middle ground of not, not triggered, not triggered to be super happy, not triggered to be super sad or afraid. It's just like awareness, being aware in the middle and what you do with that, you know, because I don't, she's triggered. She'll do things just because she's triggered by them rather than figuring out why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. You know, it's, well, and I, it took me a long time to, um, change my behavior. I, have always been kind of a person that just flies off the handle and I would always say, well, I can't help it. That's just who I am. That's just how I am. I just fly off the handle. And then I, I don't know, I realized pretty recently, I'd say within like the last, since in my 40s, I realized like, no, wait a minute. I'm absolutely the only person that's in control of that. (laughs) Like there's no, how I react to something. The only person who has control over how I react is me. Actually, I think and you've changed that since I've been talking to you because that's what you would used to say to me. Well, that's just the way just, I am. And I'd be like, well, actually, no, you, yeah. you can. So look at you. Yeah. You're, you're I know, graduated. Like a, yeah, I graduated a little bit. But I was just like, that's just how I react to things. Just what I do. And it's like, well, I don't have to. Re- just because that's the way I've always reacted doesn't mean mm-hmm. the, that's the way I have to continue to react. I don't have to do that. That's right. And when like, you stop oh. reacting and just notice, wow, that just got under my skin. What's that about? And if it really does bother you on a deep core level, then figure out some small thing that you can do to counteract that bad thing. You know, yeah. if it's, I just, you know, not having lunch once a week and taking that money and giving it to somebody who doesn't have lunch or will not give them nice. money because they might buy they drugs. Might probably, but that, yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. give buy them, them food. Lunch, yeah. I mean, Every negative thing that is, gets triggered in us can be uh, counteracted right. with something Remediated. positive. Yeah. And I'm the first one to say I can't fix the refugee problem in Syria, but I'm going to be the first one to 
tell people to watch their words if they're going to start criticizing people of a Muslim uh, religion or right. of Arabic descent. You know, yeah, it's like, why? that's how I, it's like, no, don't. Why do we, I, I, it just, it doesn't make sense to me why we hate on other, do you ever feel that people hate on you for being sp- oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just start with something on me that people hate on me for, you know. But your, but your spiritual practice, do, do you feel like that people, there are people who are judgy that are like... Oh, you're... yeah. I'm, I'm, it's kind of hard for me to come out of the closet as far as my spiritual practice and the fact that I'm a minister, you know. Right. And I also drink and smoke and party and, you know, I do all kinds of fun stuff. Right. And it doesn't keep me from being a minister. But, I mean, what what is a... You know, what is a minister anyway? I lost our train of thought. What no, were we it about? was uh, just about the, when people subjugate you or make 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 you feel that your spirituality somehow isn't uh, okay. real or that so it. So what isn't... I do is I just finished doing a long meditation practice on this very topic of my self esteem oh, uh-huh. and my self value and my self worth and am I judging myself through other people's eyes or am I really uh, doing what makes me feel good? So to not believe those comments that people make. But we live in a world of discernment, of discrimination based on survival. So to get a little bit more on the general woo-woo topic of spirituality, ultimately we're going to have to do like a hard evolution in our consciousness to where we stop doing the lizard brain mammalian brain fight flight freeze because everything that we do that's fucked up is based on our personal survival or our perception of our personal survival i'm gonna die ah i can't do that i need to do that i mean we react but we don't live in a society that's threatening us day to day unless you're in syria or you know but to not react and to notice like, wow, what, why did I just think that? Is there something really going to happen? Do I really need to think that? I mean, that on a global scale, when we stop reacting like we're going to die all the time, right. all these bizarre behaviors, that, that, that's like an evolution in consciousness that's what they call the ascension, the awakening. You know, that's what folks say is, is happening. Well, I don't, you know, I kind of agree with that because more people that learn not to react, it just... A, a critical mass starts to develop well, but how long will it take for the whole world to be that way i god who knows and i feel like such a jerk because i'm sitting here and going like you know my little how i react and mental health and i feel this way and that and it's like i've got it made like there are people who don't have food there are people who are refugees there it's like i sometimes feel like what a jerk I am for like that's kind of how I take myself out of when I'm being I get I get into self-pity modes because yeah. that's what my self-esteem does it says like you're not good enough blah blah, blah. and then I get self-pity that I'm not good enough I'm never going to be good enough and then blah, you're like, blah, what blah. a jerk I am what a my jerk. life is good right and yeah. then that's what ends up turning it off is that I'll smoke some weed and I'll yeah. be like shut the fuck up princess you have food plenty of food uh-huh. you have a place to live you have everything you have a place to go to work you have a way to feel fulfilled like shut up that's what I end up telling myself is that but you know what you do you do this you give people a voice to share their thoughts to discuss topics that you're not going to hear you don't think that's very much I think it's amazing I think it's important I think free speech is important but it's not like I'm saving African children what what I was trying to get to is that like 
here in America, we're all like, I need Prozac. I feel sad. Yeah. And it's like in Africa, I don't think they have Prozac because they're just worried about clean water. You know, like it's... No, it's, they're so it's, like in total survival mode a lot of places. All the time. So yeah. it's just, for me, I I don't know. I just... I that's how I pull myself out of, I, cause I just recently had the same like meditation with mm-hmm. myself, but not like in a positive way. It was like, yeah. I just had a rough weekend where I was like, I suck. I'm never going to be good enough. It's all going to suck. And I was being all very like super down on myself. And then I just kind of have, have to be like, you know, come on princess, pull yourself together. <laughs> you know, things aren't that bad. Like it's so yeah, you do have to get motivated and get out of bed in the morning, you know? It's, well, yeah, it's a challenge. Sometimes. I mean, but, and that's what I have to just say, cause it's all, whenever I'm, whenever I get into that kind of, I'm just like, I am so blessed and with everything and I'm still I'm pretty that's what yeah. people go I'm pretty poor but I'm still super rich so it's weird because like yeah but please again do not discount this pirate cat mutiny radio <laughs> station that you have just like a, a crazy woman put your heart and soul into for how many years now uh I've only been in charge for four but I've I've been here since 2008 was when I started. So it's so nine years. Apples and oranges. It's like you're not saving people in Africa or Syria, but at the same time, you're creating a space where people can expand their thinking a little bit, and that really counts a lot for me. That's why I come over here and do this. Yay! It's like, oh, you want me to come and talk? That's fine. Let's go. Let's go talk. You know, and make people think, and either piss them off or make them happy but make them think right and that's your little well, corner we don't, of the we, world we, and we don't even there used to be a you know degrees in philosophy people used to actually like think like that was a thing like thinking and reading and mm-hmm. and thinking about things yeah. and philosophy putting things together thinking about alternative ideas and, and alternate ways of living that could be better or could be do we even have that anymore like is anybody thinking I I feel like critical thought or thought for just thought's sake or uh, I mean how many thinkers are left is it is it is it like a dying breed or do you you don't you don't worry about that you think people still think oh I know people still think I had a great discussion last night we started talking about the tarot cards and how they work and someone said well you know my mom was a Wiccan and you know you you could use tarot cards for a lot of things but can you use them for casting spells I'm like yeah you can actually I mean we we had like this very random esoteric conversation about like some aspect of uh, the tarot and metaphysics yeah there's people still out there talking about stuff it just I'm so you should know a few of those people well I mean we do it at the back lot of benders all the time right we have these pretty esoteric conversations well but I feel like that that's a that's a special place that's 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 well I think there's other special places like that and that's actually why I've started my metaphysical Mondays awesome at the right spot all right, the right spot on 17th and Folsom. 17th and Folsom, right before place. the music starts. I mean, we're always over there having these kind of conversations anyway, so I put it on my Meetup and my Facebook page. It's like, come on down, Metaphysical Mondays. We'll talk about all things metaphysical and just generally get to know each other over so, a bite and a drink. So are you just going to are you going to have like a microphone or are you just going to talk to people individually? Is it just sort of like everybody meet up, we're going to have drinks, we're all going to sort of talk about metaphysical things. Yeah, and you know, what, you know, what topic, you know, it's my 
my first one is this Monday. It's like, so I don't really have a topic picked out, but people are always wanting insight into how the mind works or the Kabbalah or all of these different practices that we have to do self-analysis. So right. metaphysics for me is, you know, self-analysis. Self-analysis. But do, do we want to truly know? I mean, I don't know if everybody wants to, to live authentic and honest lives with themselves. That's right. Not everybody does. So that how dare we assume that everybody would want to know themselves. But those who do. Those who do. Because it seems that's pretty, it's, it's kind of rare. I feel like that's, we kind of turn, turn that off or we, we, we create an image of what we think we want other people to see. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, that that's the thing that makes me could you fake it till you make it. Remember everybody was saying that fake it till you make it. I'm like, screw you guys, be authentic. Don't fake anything. If you don't know how to do something, don't fake it. Just ask for help. Or Yeah, this is kind of like um for people who feel like they can't be hypnotized or can't go into trance. So I say, Well, you know, let's humor me. Act as if. Pretend you're hypnotized. And as they pretend to be hypnotized, they drop into trance. Wow. It's like, ah. <laughs> See? So fake it till you make it. it. It kind of has its place, but you don't want to be faking it, faking it all the time. But right. you kind of, you don't feel like you're doing it. You feel inauthentic. And yet you do it like a meditation practice. And after a while, you're like, God damn it. I'm not faking it anymore. I'm like, I'm like where I want to be. I'm calmer. I'm solving my own problems my life is getting a little bit easier because i'm not irritating people all the time with my bad behavior you know right well that's the thing is admitting that your behavior is bad is sort of the first step it really it's, is it's so funny because it gets easier after you do that it gets so much easier well I, it's just it's just so funny because i my first marriage absolutely could have been fixed but because we were so young and neither one of us were willing we to accept that our behavior could change. We just were both like really stubborn that this is how I am and it's not going to change. So it was, it was dumb stuff. Like he just wasn't, he'd say, I'm just not good at giving compliments. I'm just not good at giving presents. And I'm like, those are things that you can learn to be good at. And then, <laughs> right. And I, but then, but not if you tell me to, but then I was annoying because I needed so much um, external confidence in the form of compliments and he wasn't giving them to me because that just wasn't who he was that then I would bait like I would be like do I look fat in this? I look fat in this and I would bait for compliments which then annoyed him even more and so it became these patterns of behavior where we were just constantly pissing each other off and we could have easily both made changes but I don't think that either of us were willing and that's just one example there were so many of bad behavior but we just weren't even willing to admit that our behavior was bad <laughs> and it's, or, it's, or but not, people do that it, not getting you what you want out of life right you know? and, and again good behavior bad behavior Oop, I broke my own rule of like using subjective terms to describe but, but something it, but it has to be simplified like that I mean yeah. it's honestly it's when I, there, there are certain reactions that I have made in the past when I'm, and I, it's good because I'm fixing it with Jonathan, which is good because I realize like, I, I can't, I can't take out my frustration on another person 
just because they're my safe person and they love me. Right. Like that's not fair for me to be angry at one thing and then act like a jerk yeah. because I can. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the safety of a relationship. And but people use that excuse all the time where they're like, "It's he's my, it's my boyfriend's my girlfriend's my husband it's my wife it's their mm-hmm. but but then they to they'll always I can be a jerk because I know they'll always love me kind of thing but it doesn't have to be like that and will they always love you every time you're a jerk like they love you just a tiny bit less I'm gonna you know it's been my experience until you've destroyed this thing that you really wanted just like smashed it on the ground and crunched it into dust you know because you could because they love you and it's like no, but why do we do this stuff? Again, it goes into fight, well, it's, flight, fear, all of that stuff. And it has to do with what you said, getting your needs met. So the the one, the only fight that Jonathan and I ever really have is that I get angry because I don't get to spend enough time with him. And so it'll come out in these weird... And then we're having, I'm like... I'm, and then I finally have to break down. I'm like, the reason that we're arguing is that I'm angry that I don't get to spend enough time with you. Wow. But then by being mean, yeah. yeah, but by being mean, I drive you away. So it's like, I'm mad at you because you don't spend enough time with me. But then the time we're spending together, I'm wasting it being mad yeah. when I could be spending good time with you. So that's me. Re- I don't name it to claim it. Right, my, my behavior is bad because mm-hmm. it's it's just the good behavior would be getting what I want. It would be saying, I would like to spend more time with you and this is how I'm going to do it as opposed to the time I'm spending with you. Like, it's like, of course, I don't want to be around me when I'm being bitchy either. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I end up driving him away when my, my desire and my need is to bring him closer yeah. and yet in trying to express that, I drive him away and so that's... So are you working through that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm trying to, what it has to do with is it's me communicating ahead of time when I'm sense, like, it'll be, it'll be interesting tonight because I'm really tired tonight and I kind of don't really want to like go out, but Jonathan just loves to go to Bender's after work. And so I'm like, well, I can be a big girl and I can just go home and not go and say, come home when you're ready and I'll just take a nap and then just let me know and then we'll hang out and be okay with that and be okay with that and really be okay with that because that's actually the win-win for the whole situation absolutely and if he only if he has one and then comes back it'll be great it's fine but it's like (sighs) if i call if i call him or text him and then and i get like pissy about it it's not it doesn't help anybody it's not getting you doesn't doesn't fulfill my idea anyways i'm learning i'm learning but that's at the end of the day, for me, spirituality is emotional awareness. Like, oh, how am I feeling right now? And why am I feeling that way? Spirituality is just like the part of you that's not physical, you know? Like, right. there's a lot going on with us. And the more you learn that part of yourself, the more you can navigate this world in a, in a way that works for you, you know? So, emotional awareness how am I feeling right now? Because if you know how you're feeling, before something else gets triggered because you're feeling that way, right. then you can stop a lot of crappy things from happening. Exactly. But, and then you're like, why do I feel this way? Oh, what is that part of me that's not getting my needs met? And I want to get my needs met through this other person when I really need to get my needs met through myself. Right. And my self-worth and all of that. Because that's the other thing is that no matter how much you put on that other person, they're not going to be there forever because life is finite anyway. So... Yeah. You have but to figure out. But there's that drain out. when you 
put it on the other person to have them make you feel good. Oh, it's, that's not that's fair to train. them. It, it's it's just, so hard. Yeah. They're not going to make you feel good just because you want them to. And right. it's this downward spiral that really... Ugh, well, yeah. Tr- and trying sucks. to... Because you can't... I mean, you can't. No matter how much you try, you still can't control anybody else. No, you, you can't. can't. You can control only their control reactions. yourself. Exactly. So With a little when, bit of effort. Yeah. And yeah, there is... But there is so much effort in it to, to being... Because, uh, and not every, and it's, it's, it, it is, maybe it is a fake until you make things, but it's not faking it. It's making conscious choices until they become unconscious. Yeah. You know? You're repatterning yourself. Right. You're breaking your habits because our habits are behavior that we do without thinking about it. Right. Because we don't need to think about it. It's like driving from here to San Jose. If you've driven there a million times, you don't need to pay attention to every single sign. And you know, you know what the speed limit is. You kind of just do it on autopilot, which is your subconscious mind saying, Hey, I got this. But when your subconscious autopilot habits are getting you in trouble, right? That's when you have to, every time you catch yourself doing it, you're like, Oh, there I am. This is how I I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And you that's repatterning. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. And re cuz and yeah. and that's the thing when you say you rewrite the story in your subconscious. You rewrite the pattern that you People do. say people can't change. People can't change. Oh, we change yes. all the oh, time. Yes, they can. We yeah. change all the time. Yeah. I mean, Just I'm people a, don't I'm want to change. That's the thing. Yeah. They don't want to change their behavior. What's exciting for me is when somebody actually does want to change and they do their homework and I do my little Routine. It takes about 12 times of getting together and like really digging. Oh, look at that. Look what I found. What do you want to do with this? You know, right. you stick it back where I found it or you want to put it on the wall over there or you want to spray paint it a different color or maybe mush it up a little bit and, you know, so it's softer, you know? Yeah. But that's, we can do that. We can really do that. Our imagination, that's where our imagination comes in. Whatever we can imagine, we can manifest. Huh. And the stronger you think about the more you think about that thing, your imagination, the more it starts to manifest because everything that you do is associated with this thing that you're thinking about. Right. I, there was a, a law of attraction. The the metaphysics, the, the, the metaphysics of it. Um, I read this poet's sort of treatise on metaphysics, and uh, he was saying that you know everything that you think of uh, exists, and then you just have to do back technology. So like when the Star Trek flip phone transponder came out Mm -hmm. the cell phone existed you know in 1969 but it didn't exist the idea existed so then it was just a matter of doing the backward technology to find out how to make it but the but the but the thing itself existed Mm -hmm. so he was using examples like that of things that existed in imagination and then it's the same thing like you know you think of a chair in your head the the plato the platonic um metaphysics concept of I'm thinking of a chair in my head. Okay, that chair is real. That thought is real. Yes. Like, that's a chair, but that wasn't the chair I was thinking of. But or, or is it the concept of a chair? It's like, oh, I want right. to put my butt down, you know? Well, what... You know, I want to put my butt down. Well, what would I use to put my butt down? Oh, the concept of a chair. And then you get into the, well, what would that chair look like? And you kind of start thinking about it. And then you actually manifest the chair by getting some wood and some hammer sure. or whatever, you know. And you, Puffy stuff. In, the, in Kabbalah, uh, there's like the four levels of existence. And one is the idea, uh, the, the, the reason that you want something. And then there's the concept of, well, what would you create to address that thing that you want? And then what would it look like? And then finally, here it is. And I'm 
putting my butt in a chair and it's right. really comfortable. <laughs> but it takes a will, you know, an idea has to be sparked in order for the imagination to work. So we're trained in our society, especially with all the smartphones and the computers and this virtual reality stuff. That stuff is where crazy. They put, that really bothers me because you're taking away your innate ability to do that. You know, right. we all have the ability to visualize or imagine with our senses, not everybody's visualized, but to create something on, a, on the astral plane, they call it, in your imagination, that is as real as anything. Sure. But when you don't exercise that, it's like a muscle. And so for me, spirituality and metaphysics is exercising our muscle of imagination and learning what trance feels like because that's the state of mind when you get your ideas and using it at will and get your conscious mind to talk to your subconscious mind. And you, you know, we all have these, this capability to do it, but when we're distracted all the time, we're not quiet. It's I like when you sit in the silence, it's not silent. It's just you're not getting in external input. You're getting input from your psychic senses. And that's, in a nutshell, what metaphysics is and all the spirituality is for me. So. Well, I'm wondering if people who are, get disconnected, if they don't have dreams anymore, if their dreaming stops, because you're talking about imagination and that if these 3D things and all this is taking and the, uh, being able to see things on the astral plane and not being able to do that and becoming disconnected from that, I'm wondering if they then lose the ability to dream. It can get shut down. I don't, I think that people dream no matter when what. they don't think they do. It's just sort of our... Our brain, when we go to sleep, we do the same thing like we do when we go into trance or meditative state. You stop the input from the external world, but if you've got something that happened to you in your day that is emotionally triggering, either really happy or really sad, but it's a strong emotion, your subconscious mind is going to continue to process that and process that. And that's why people keep dream journals because symbols and metaphor, your subconscious mind speaks in symbols and metaphors. So it's going to send you weird dream images or whatever that are representative of what it's processing for you. So you learn the language of your subconscious. But if people stop dreaming, I mean, as a therapist type, I can start talking to them about, well, what, what's going on in your life? And you can usually pinpoint a place where they stopped having dreams because something happened to them hmm. and it was it became a protection for their mind because for they their couldn't. psyche to stop dreaming that makes and sense. you can unravel that huh. all of this this is like my military background right troubleshooting right i am relentless i will not stop until i figure it out especially if someone asks me to solve a problem for them i will i will get in there and i use my imagination and i i blend with the person like i'm very empathic i'll I'll feel them, and I'm like, ooh, oh, that doesn't feel right. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about this kind of uh, tick that you have in your face? Can you, you know, whatever, you know? Right. That's how I analyze. And I, But yeah, dreams are really important. But that dream state and your subconscious state, the trance state, once you get your drama, your emotional awareness is under control, and your self-analysis, you kind of know who you are, so you're not, stuff's not popping up involuntarily, that's the state where you get like visions, if you believe in people still personality continuing after the change called death. I'm a spiritualist, so I'm supposed to believe that, and I, I kind of do. But that's where you start getting communication in that, in that space. But until huh. we sort out our drama, you can't really use your creative can't imagination access to access like higher states of consciousness, higher intelligence, intelligence that your brain doesn't actually have, but it's out there. You just have to learn how to 
tap into it to well, plug, plug into the cosmic matrix you know well what is it we use 10% of our brain or something right what's the rest of that for yeah what's the rest of it for and scientifically more and more especially with quantum mechanics quantum physics it's like the observer affects the observed so if you're looking at something there's a, a measurable change in the thing that you're looking at you know so our thoughts do have some kind of energy in them huh so we have to be careful with our thoughts and who we fire off like solar flares in the form of fuck you asshole you know if you, right right if you do that to somebody who's already having a shitty day oh. and you don't even know them yeah you can lodge something energetically in them sure and this is all the metaphor of auras and all of that stuff you yeah. can stick something in their aura that was kind of ragged to begin with that'll just add to their pain sure and they don't even know who you are as a shamanic practitioner we call it an intrusion an energetic intrusion and you extract them like 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 get a psychic tweezers out and pull them out and go wow. look what i found you know yeah and then let's put some power animal back in there to meaning some good self-esteem like they work with animals the archetype of animals to use the qualities of animals to bolster up your self-esteem until and you fake it until you make it like hmm. let me pretend i'm a tiger today right and let me look at the world through the eyes of a tiger differently than i would as the eye through the eyes of a human sure and you get insight into yourself that you wouldn't normally get and you act as if you have the qualities of a tiger like you're strong you're solitary you can be invisible if you want and that's the fake it till you make it part that is real and so you you know, you get rid of the, the mean thing that somebody did to you that they didn't even know they did to you. And then you yeah. put in the qualities of an animal that you like. And that's how you hold your mind to get through these I'm gonna, shit that I'm going to tell us. Jonathan that the that psychic <laughs> spurs, when he drives, when he drives sometimes, he gets so frustrated and he yells out the window. And I tell him, sweetheart, no one knows who you're yelling at. The person you're yelling at probably isn't even going to hear you. Someone else mm -hmm. thinks that you're yelling at him. Nobody knows. You're just yelling. I know you're yelling, but... Uh, it's like I'm gonna call them like psychic spurs. You're like yeah. throwing barbs, barbs at people, and they might not even. That's the thing is, the one guy that he's yelling at, I don't even think can usually hear him. And then if somebody else is on the street and he's like, "Fuck you," and yeah, that doesn't like, help the mom with the baby like walking by. Ninja like throwing stars, right? Yeah, psychic yeah. ninja, ninja, ninja projectiles. Files. Yeah, it's like, oh man, but it doesn't help. But that's how this is all intertwined you know and so the dream state again is a really cool creative place you know like lucid dreaming like you can train yourself right like in the daytime you check am i awake am i asleep am i awake am i asleep is this reality is it not reality and you train yourself or you pattern yourself yeah you do this new pattern new behavior of checking if i'm awake or asleep and then when you go to sleep the pattern will carry over in your sleep that's and rad I, I do it and it's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sleeping, but I'm awake. But you don't shock yourself because, you, you know, the first time you realize you're awake, but you're asleep. Right. You like wake yourself up. Sure. But then you get better and better at it. And then you can just create. Talk about creating worlds. Yeah. In wow. your dream state and work stuff out, you know, design things, sure. fuck that movie star, whatever, you yeah, know, whatever anything you're... you want, you can do in your imagination, anything. I've never really been into movie stars. Like, no, me neither. I just thought it was Yeah, no, that's, there, that's you know? cute like, though. Oh, uh, well, Taylor Swift is so hot. I don't even, like, I can't even think what she looks like. No, I don't even care. <laughs> but I it's, no I idea. hear people talking like that. 
Yeah, I don't. The yeah. kids these days. Oh my god. The kids these days. No, I just I have no idea how they're how uh, I have no idea how they're going to do it. I I, I mean, yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll maybe it'll be easier because they all they are all so entitled and they all think they're well, such special snowflakes. I've got two whippersnappers. Oh One's wow. 28, going to be 29 here and she's like the um, spiritual and living off the land and she was a traveler for a number of years and really did live off the land and had like a $500 a month um, food stamps or something. I mean, that was her income. That's what right. she had. And she trimmed pot. That's what she did. But she's going to survive no matter what because she doesn't need this external world to have value and you know all of that. But my son, on the other hand, love him dearly. I won't mention his name in case people listening know. He's very materialistic and so is his girlfriend and their whole life is like this artificial facade of like, oh, look at me and here I am on Facebook and oh, don't we look cute? You know, because they're both very attractive. Yeah. But inside there's like kind of problems that need to be worked out but they don't even want to look at them because they're busy looking good, you know, for everybody else. Sure. Jersey girl, you know, she's gorgeous, beautiful girl. My son, if you've ever seen him, oh my God, how gorgeous. But there's, it's kind of like, what's going on beneath the surface there, you know? It's not just a consumer world. But they, they they seem to be happy, but I get a sense that they could be a little happier. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard when you have kids these days, yeah. Which which way do they go, you know? How close to the edge do they get before they fall off? Oh. Ah. Do they, they both live in SF? No. Oh, no. No. My, my daughter lives in Oakland now, and my son lives in Redondo Beach. Oh, wow. And Redondo wow. Beach is like Plastic City. Oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. Yeah, but it's like perfect for him and his girlfriend because that's the culture that they aspire to be a part of. Huh. Where my daughter lives in West Oakland, and they've got like a Victorian house with a big yard and a garden that was planted by... Uh, people that came from the South in World War II. Wow. And brought, so it's it's a neighborhood full of lots of African-American people from the South. Cool. And it's got its crazy side, but it, that's where she feels real. You know? Right. Her and her girlfriend feel real there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. That's great. And you're proud of both of them? I'm proud of them no matter what. But, that's great. You know, as a mom, you could always... Oh, they could do better here. Are and they? There. Do they both have the same dad who's Samoan? Yeah, they Alrighty do. Alrighty then. Big, tall Samoan daddy from Western Samoa, not from American Samoa. There's a difference. Well, I, I, I mean, is is Donald? Is, well, are we in charge of American Samoa? Like the like yeah, the like Puerto Rico, like Puerto Rico and the yeah, and like the Virgin Puerto Islands. I had yes. no idea. Yes, that's so, how Samoa, uh, American Samoa, Western Samoa, is an independent country been independent since 1962 Good for them. and they're one of the poorer island nations in the pacific but they have their independence they're they're sovereign they're their Good own country them. yeah the american i mean it's so funny what he said the other is i talked to the president of the virgin islands you idiot you are the president of the virgin islands <laughs> yeah know your history know your history it's just funny because it's called the u.s virgin islands so it's like yeah, Guam, U.S. to territorial Guam, you know, Puerto Rico, yeah. Why, we just, we love islands. Why do we make them states? Do they not want to be states? I, I, that's a good question. That's really a good question, you know, because Alaska was a territory. And it's pretty Hawaii far away. Hawaii was a territory. Yeah, and that one's far away, too. Yeah. Why wouldn't we have, I don't know. I guess we just haven't gotten around to it, or the people don't want to, or. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know like the best on. of both, I don't know. 
best of both. I don't know. We didn't solve all the world's problems, but we talked a lot. We talked, talked, talked about, a lot about of them. them. Yeah, got it done. But there is that big pressing issue of so great. You've got it easier compared to a lot of people. So what are you going to do with that? You know, how can you leverage your peace of mind and your safety to do some kind of act? that will affect positive change yeah that's i'm stuck on that one these days you know it's like i do what i do you know i i do hands-on healing on sundays and people come up who have a terminal illness and i can't fix their illness but i can make them feel good for about five minutes just by being calm and loving yeah my hands on their shoulders and what they do after that is i don't know you know that's that's what i do you probably can that is there is some healing in there though there is psychic and emotional healing and when people feel better in their minds i mean it's it's absolutely connected to our physical body our minds and our bodies it is actually and people that have um that are positive thinkers and do have meditative practices uh, it seems that they have more likelihood for remission of cancer than people who get angry and that that's what led me to all of the stuff we've been talking about my spiritual practice is healing start with myself get to where i'm not polluting everybody with my you know shitty outlook and then little by little when people are ready hold that space for them so they can sort their own stuff out and i do have friends who are kind of going into remission with cancer wow. around some of this healing stuff and meditation it's like wow I'm I'm kind of starting to believe this, even though this yeah. is what I say I do. It's sure. starting to see it actually happen. Well, it's I mean, I can't imagine getting cancer. Oh my god! Um, but I don't think that I I really from the people who've been through these chemotherapy things, I would want to do it. I'd be like, I'm gonna do meditation. DNR, I'm gonna completely do not resuscitate. No no heroic measures. Well, Just, yeah. I would. The thing is that. I would become a vegan or something. Like if I, yeah. honestly, if I got cancer, I would just completely overhaul my life. Mm-hmm. I would be like, I yeah. only drink water with, you know, I wouldn't, I'd stop drinking alcohol. Well, you'd overhaul I'd, your diet and you'd also overhaul the way you think. Right. That's uh, that the would, two combinations. There's a pol- pollutants of the environmental sort and there's pollutants of the emotional sort. Sure. And our emotions affect our physiology. So when you have a, a negative emotion and you're you're in that state all the time, it ultimately ends up as a physical problem. Yeah. Because you're knocking your body's autoimmune system off the off the rails. Yep. By, you know, putting all those hormones in your body like cortisol and all of that. Whenever I have like a total kind of like nervousy breakdown kind of freak out oh excuse me whenever that happens i inevitably the next week i'll get sick like i'll physically become ill i'll get like a virus or a Mm -hmm. some sort of cold or something because or i'll get a sore throat something but it'll be i think because i flood my body i like so with you know i may literally make myself sick yeah um but i try not to i try not to let that happen anymore these sort of like well especially because you see that you have control over it right that's the whole emotional awareness part it's like oh that's why i should be aware of my emotions right because your emotions are here to protect you from your environment or tell you stuff is good oh love that feels good i'm going to keep doing this or oh no that feels bad and then you change your environment or you you continue to do the things that make you feel good. Stop doing the things that upset you. Your emotions are telling you that's not good for you. You change. 
but your emotions are good for you to tell you don't do that. Right. But you don't stay in that loop. And our society is full of things that trigger us all the time to be in shock and that and freaked out. So that's why we have to say, okay, I'm in charge of my reality today. I am going to only take in what I want to take in and I'm not going to let uninvited triggers ruin my day and get me right. all spun out, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm in control of my own emotions. It's just, it's just such a funny thing. Cause I, and I think it's, I think it's, it's patterning from my parents and from sure. forever that, you know, when I, except with my first husband, when I freak out, people gave me the attention that I needed. You know? So that developed a pattern. So for it you. developed a pattern, even though it was a bad behavior. Because so I do, I was getting the, but it was you know, it was negative attention-seeking behavior, that eventually patterned itself into. But that's the thing is that what you're trying to change now, right? And then, look at you just spoke about where that came yeah, from in yeah. the in the very early stages of it. It got supported and reinforced, got, like oh, this is behavior that will get me what I want. Right. People pay it like if I freak out. People yeah. pay attention to me. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. then, um, and it might, I mean, it's the same. It's just so funny because my parents, I don't talk to my family anymore. <laughs> and, and none of them are, you know, we don't, none of us interact in, in any way. And and it's probably that, and it's, they. The, the thing that started it all is they didn't invite me one year to Christmas. And everybody went and I just didn't even get invited. And then I found out subsequently that they'd all been going on vacation together to this place called the Orca Islands. Oh, I bet that made you feel like yeah, shit. Right, exactly. But so, but I think the reason they didn't invite me is they didn't like it when I was around because I would just fight with them because they're Republicans. Mm-hmm. So it just became a thing of like, yeah. well, she's not going to want to be here anyway, so why invite her? But then I took it as like, you guys don't want me around? Fuck you. So. <laughs> well, there's that whole unraveling, uh, uh, right. you know, getting to the core of like, well, why is it important that your family approves of you? Why is it important for you to spend time with them? I mean, are these really your values or are there someone else's values? And as long as my family's going to behave like that, then I cannot in good conscience be around them. Ooh, ouch, that hurt. They didn't invite me. But isn't that what I said I wanted? But... Do I want them to say they want me even though I don't want to be around them? You know, it's like right. sitting with each one of those thoughts and let the little answers come up around the edges about why, you know, you expect things to be a certain way. or Because right. all that would ever happen is that, I mean, we'll get in fights about because we have completely different worldviews yeah. that n- none of us... N- but you were families. So you had to be together. Right. That, exactly. So... And you had to care what they thought about you. Right, right. Which was mindfuck, you know? Exactly. I don't speak to my family. Huh. I don't speak for a very similar things of like the judgment. Well, if you were my... You know, if you were a good daughter, you'd do this or, you know... Or, or I can treat you any way I want because you're my sister, you know? Like, right. no, actually, you can't treat me any way you want because it hurts my feelings, and I'm just not going to subject myself to that, you know? I'm being careful with myself these days. I'm not going to get involved with these rut, you know, patterns of behavior with siblings that go back to where we were, like, little, and well, I was the big sister, and I didn't pay attention to her, you know? Yeah, well, and at this point, I think that my the boat is just... It's the same thing, like, if someone finds you on Facebook and they're like remember when we were in sixth grade together let's hang out and it's like uh, i think that ship has sailed we what are we going to talk about sixth grade but i sort of feel like the same way about my family now where it's like Uh i wouldn't even know where to start to hang out with them like 
I wouldn't even know where to, I wouldn't even, I just have no idea. You like, have to know where all the landmines are, all the booby traps are, you know, all the triggers. Right. And then go into the environment with like this really sort of mindful, who said maybe it's impossible because they're not going to change and they're just going to keep pushing your buttons and you don't need to be subjected to yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they, they haven't, they don't. We just don't talk or hang out or do anything. But it's fine. They're their own little insular group. They've got the... My brother has two kids. Yeah. They're like teenagers now that I've only met three times in their entire lives. They'll Isn't show up crazy? on your doorstep when you're 20, when they're 21. Yeah. Trust me. Maybe. I mean, now that, I mean, I'm the, I'm the, they, I'm, I'm the devil in, in the family. That's I guess. why they're going to want to come gonna, yeah, find come, out about come you. Come yeah. hang out and be like, you're, you're a weirdo. Oh, you're not come. as weird as they said you yeah, were. Yeah. Every day. It's all about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just because you wear a jacket that says Lucifer doesn't mean you're a Satan, Satan worshiper. And if uh, you were, what's wrong with that? That's true what's, too. Why does Satan? Isn't, get isn't a that, bad rap. I know it's not that terrible of religion. He's I mean, not it's a about bad it's, guy. it's about. I mean, I understand that the, the concepts are about being completely self-serving, which is, which is. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. As I mean, I think that people have to have a measure of self-care that I don't think that we take, and I think especially as women, it's we don't take care of ourselves. Taking it to the other extreme, right? Exactly. But having self-care, I think, is very important, and a lot of women don't do it, and we think about taking care of other people or well, like. There's that concept. There is no god but man. You know, is it all between our ears? And then there's being a sociopath or a psychopath. I mean, there's a oh, book called The Psychopath's too. Bible. Huh. You know, you just read that and it's... Well, it's a lack... I mean, that's a lack of empathy, basically, right? Is that if you don't... Well, you can just kill animals willy-nilly. it's a lack of being controlled. It's a, it's a choice not to be controlled by consensus reality. Huh. And you can choose to be compassionate, but you don't do it... Because everyone told you you're supposed to. It's like, well, you're supposed to like your family or, or you're supposed to eat your greens. You know, it's like, says who? You know, if I yeah. choose for myself through my trial and error experience that, oh, it's better for me to be have empathy for people, then I'll choose to do it. But I've studied this quite a bit. You know, I've looked into all of these these religions or ways of, you know, the spiritual practices. And so for me, it's like the complete opposite pendulum swing of like, you know, Jesus says you got to be like this. Well, like, no, we don't. We can be like this. But there is a middle ground. But we got to swing this far to get back to who we truly are. Yeah. So it, it's about being authentic and true to yourself, which uh, for the most part would include being nice to other people. But not because you told me to. <laughs> because I came to the conclusion myself. Right. In my mind, that's what the Church of Satan and all that. Like, man, there is no man. There is no God but man. Right. You know, and you know, you can use that as an excuse to be horrible, but they also believe in the law of cause and effect, karma. So you're shitty to somebody, it's going to come back to you. Whatever right. you do, you're nice to somebody, it comes back around. So I mean, that's, be careful what you do. I see that a lot too. Yeah, but there are people that are not mature, they haven't matured into that spiritual practice. So, sure. they can so get, they're just selfish and kill cats and they go I'm a Satanist <laughs> it's like oh yeah, yeah. that was the big animal sacrifice <laughs> well, I, I, well and that's the thing that was the big um, in Danville they used to get try, at the church they tried to get us scared of the Satanists all the time and they'd say they go around stealing people's cats and sacrificing them and you should watch out and I'm like I think that's just mean kids in the neighborhood shooting cats with BB guns I don't, I don't think that they're yeah, and they saw this Satanist. thing in a book or on TV about being a Satanist. Like, oh, let's try that. I mean, I kind of had my share of that when I was younger. They're just general Torturing sociopath. small animals. Mm. Really? Well, the worst thing I ever did was <laughs> pop ants with a with a um, Ooh, I've done magnifying worse, glass. I would. Worse. 
glass or popped ants with a magnifying glass. But, but you that know, was it. I have no desire to to do anything like that anymore. There was a time when it was really intriguing to harm small animals. Ah, I don't have. I don't know where it went. It's gone. Huh. I had it for you know when, up until I was like. 19, like 20. mice or like rats or, or cats or frogs or frogs. yeah frogs because yeah like huh. yeah but I yeah but uh, also I don't feel guilty about it I'm not like beating myself up and you know putting myself in a bad frame of mind by these things that I did that I can't change I I was a, in my late high school years into beginning college I was kind of a klepto but I was a rich girl so it was so stupid I stole things all the time uh-huh I was a klepto all the time and a pyro. I didn't. I didn't light things on fire. But I stole. I was. I was stole a lot, a lot of things. Like and even, I remember even in high school and they were Christmas presents, like. <laughs> so I'd give them to people later and like my family and stuff and they had no idea that I. And I you just, got a little pleasure out of that somehow, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and I, and I think, and I never got caught. I never, not once, ever got caught stealing anything, and I stole a lot of shit. I, maybe it was just because they weren't expecting that, you know. Well, that's eighteen-year-old girl like from Danville. That's like being an infiltrator, you know. That's like being invisible, right? You know that nobody would suspect me. So, but I have a ton. I have a, a anonymity, so I can just do something that. But then again, you sit with yourself. Sure. Well, why was that important to me to do right. that? Right. Well, and it was so. It was so stupid. It was almost like I wanted to get caught, but I didn't obviously want to get caught. But it was being, and the dumbest thing is that it was stuff I could easily afford to buy. So, it just the adrenaline rush, the thrill factor of like fooling somebody, yeah, getting away with something. Yeah, yeah it's just so funny. Yeah. And I always thought they were, I thought that they were so dumb because I, I stole a lot from Macy's, and I just kept thinking they are so dumb. The way that they put things out, there's, they completely, there's. There aren't, they weren't that many cameras in the early 90s yet. There wasn't anything digital, so it was all like, you know, stuff, manual cameras or whatever. I don't think all of them existed. And they have like blind areas where no one can see you. It, it was like, it yep. was, it and was. You took dumb. advantage of the situation. Yeah, and I was like putting things, I had already had a bag from somewhere else, and I just like, swoop, put it in the bag. Yeah, that, 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 that like, um, bad habits or addictions or whatever it's like there's a trigger and then there's this feeling that you want to get when you get triggered and then there's all these different paths to have this feeling that you want and we often fall into bad habits like that or um, addictions because something triggers us and we want to feel a certain way right and you can learn to undo that but you got to understand the whole circumstance around why you do it i'm trying to remember though that's the thing is a i don't really understand why i was doing it and b i same thing i don't know i just stopped like it just was a thing i stopped doing like yeah. i just didn't need to do that anymore i just stopped yeah it's and like, i don't remember when that time was if there was like a exact moment or if it was like Oh yeah, well we used to change price tags at the thrift store, you know. There was like Purple Heart, not at even the there anymore. At the thrift store. And they have like these little things were given to them stapled anyways. onto the clothes. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, it's $1.29. Oh, well, here's a here's a tag that's for 25, 29 cents. So, you know, unfold the, the staples and put the other thing on. I mean, I mean, that is pretty darn harmless, but 
there was this thrill that we got, especially about talking about it afterwards and how much, you know, oh, I saved a, a dollar, you know, by changing the price tag. Of course, a dollar in those days was a lot of money. You know? Sure. Why? What, there was this thrill about doing this thing that people didn't know you were doing and, and getting away with it. What is that about? Maybe I'll have to sit with that when I go yeah, home tonight. Yeah, I'm going I'm to sit with the, I'm going to try to remember when I stopped stealing and why how yeah. that happened because I, I, I really it must have been in early college I just st- I, I just didn't need to do it anymore I don't know what I was and I don't even know what it was fulfilling though that's the weird thing yeah what's that, fulfilling yeah. I mean it had to be fulfilling if I did it that much for that long I had Everything to enjoy something about it we do is fulfilling something like remember when you were talking about John, um, Jonathan and wanting to spend more time with him yeah. but if you demand that he spend more time with you, then it's not going to give you the feeling that you want. Right. I want him to spend time with me of his own volition. I don't want him to spend time with me because I'm telling him right. to spend time but with me. But it's like understanding why you want what you want. Right. Well, of course we know why you would want to cuddle up with Mr. Jonathan. He's so <laughs> lovely. Or any boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like how we go about making it happen. You know, where, where does that come from? What's the right way? What's the better way? I don't, I don't, well, the way that it's, I mean, it's all about getting your needs met and it's just how we get yeah, it done. It's understanding what your need is mm-hmm. that you're trying to get met by doing this behavior. Right. And for shoplifting, it was satisfying our needs for some kind of Excitement? need. I don't even know what it was. I don't even know what it was. Stuff. Accumulation Accumulation of stuff. of stuff. Yeah. But it's just so, it, when you're, when you're a wealthy person stealing that's a thing there's something there like I think it was that I had the money and I was doing it anyway there was something I wasn't getting somewhere and I don't know if it was excitement and I don't know if like it the was movie having stars a secret on rodeo, rodeo rodeo drive yeah right well Winona Ryder she got caught shoplifting right and god she's so good in that stranger things so I'm like axing your ass off Winona Ryder you do it yeah. um, but she why well, was I think that she and I were probably stealing for the same reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, wh- wh- what was she? What was she doing? She had she has all the resources to, you know. So that's what I'm gonna think about this week. Is like, <laughs> what are the ways that I get my needs met with bad behavior, and how can I change that so that yeah. I can have just I, I want to be a genuinely more you know positive person. I, I don't like being in a bad mood. I don't. I don't yeah. like feeling badly about myself, but that's the thing. Sometimes I get in these these self pity dark spirals, and I'm like, why? And that's what will bring me out of it too. Is I'm like, why do I have? Why do I want this feeling right now? I clearly want to feel sorry for myself. What am I getting out of that? Am I getting anything? Because yeah. I'm doing that, and I'm. It, and I'm feeling yucky. Is that what I wanted to feel? I wanted to feel yucky? Yeah, that's the emotional awareness. I'm feeling yucky. Okay, so what emotion might, do I want to be in while I ponder why I'm feeling yucky right now? Honestly, since I got back from Arizona and Mexico, poor me. Oh, Arizona, Mexico. So beautiful. I got, I got depressed. I came back to the city and I'm like, ew, this just doesn't feel good. And a couple of days there, I was like really having a hard time perking myself up but for me I make sure I have lots of social interactions that I'm committed to and I can't be in a bad mood when people are expecting me to be the uplifting one so I and I can't fake it either so I just been sitting with a lot of stuff like well why do I feel the way I feel 
huh? Yeah, where's this coming from? You know, and what can I do about it? But can it just be a change? That's the change of environment. That's a pretty drastic change in environment. Oh, I did, did it to myself on purpose because I'm considering whether I would want to continue to live in San Francisco. Wow, you might move to Arizona full time. Yeah, yeah. Because that's or, or, just it's so cool that space and the that. It's not even. It's just different, and maybe I don't need everything that we have here in San Francisco and the Bay Area and the Mission District and all of that. Maybe there's a nice little town that has just the right amount of the things that are important to me without all the other stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. And I was really experiencing that and it felt really good. And then I come back here and it's like, I just don't know how I feel about everything. And, um, you know, right. I allowed myself to can feel sorry. But then, you know, I'm like, oh, Wednesday, I've got to go to Woo-hoo! Mutiny. And like, well, let me pull my head out of my ass and put on a happy face. You know? And, yeah. and this was my focus of my day today. I did a bunch of research I had to do this morning. And cool. then I slowly got ready to have a great conversation with you. Come yeah. over here. And then tonight I'm going to go do hands-on healing at Golden Gate Spiritualist Church, which is... Cool famous they had a famous medium there who used to advise the white house during world war ii her name wow. was Florence becker and sit in the same room that she used to do her seances and everything in and we do hands-on healing and that's where these people come in that have various problems you don't know what their problem is i'm just standing there i'm the healer there's the chair you come in sit down my hands on your shoulders i i wish you well i think happy thoughts and happy thoughts just soothing thoughts and they feel better afterwards and you just do this for free as part of your ministry or you yeah yeah we do this for free as part of our ministry wow yeah and then i teach people to do that as well in circle that's so cool yeah and that's how i keep myself from being depressed is like i i have to have this good emotional set point for others around me that gives me a sense of purpose yeah yeah that's great yeah. So, and that, maybe that's all that's all we need is a sense of purpose is that what gets us lost when yeah. you know it's well like, when you feel sorry for yourself go do something for somebody else you know go be of service to somebody no matter what it is they don't even have to know you're doing it random acts of kindness you know that's my solution for all these horrible things that are going on in the world that I can't control is wow. I can smile at that person who looks like she's having a hard time with her kid and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Or, right, or make a right. kitty cat noise so their kid stops crying, you know? Sure. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's what I do. Right. You know, to a lesser or greater extent, depending on the person, you know? I've always wanted to like make sandwiches and give them to people on my way to the BART. But then I feel like, is that like, do they want a sandwich? <laughs> I mean, and I can think of some people that I pass on my way to the BART that could really use that sandwich, yeah. Right. And then I think, like, I think, oh, that's dumb. They're not going to want a sandwich. They're going to, like, they're going to, maybe it's not the right flavor or... But your sandwiches not, are so good. Well, I mean, I don't know. I was just thinking, I mean... <laughs> yeah. If, I just don't know how I would want to be treated if I was living on, if I was questionably housed. And then I'm like... Questionably I, housed. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I like to give them some dignity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's our choice of words. It really is our yeah. choice of words. 7,500 now, the city, have questionably housed. And there was this, I was talking to George and Isabel about it. This is so amazing. Someone made a poop map of San Francisco with like, it's like infrared, like for the hotness is when there's more poop. And we have a huge problem with human feces 
in San Francisco that we don't do anything about that isn't going into our septic systems. Yeah, people have just gotten used to it and they just walk around it now where before it was kind of like, oh my God, there's shit on the street, human shit. And now we're just now like... It's like we're, we're, we lost touch with our humanness there. It's so crazy because it's it, the, the, the brightest spot, the hottest spot with the most poo is like um, the financial district and then sort of into the tenderloin. But it's everywhere in the city and they had like this crazy graph and you can see that we have, we, it's just something we're not even dealing with at all. Yeah. So it's so hard when you're like thinking about the big world issues and how they affect us. And then we live in San Francisco, which is like this really rich city where there's poo everywhere. And there's like questionably housed people and there's people dying like with opiate your... over addiction. And oh God, I know. Back to your like... thinking about, well, how do I know that someone would want my sandwich? Well, when I go out to eat, I always make sure I save a portion of it and I box it up and I get a napkin and I get a, a fork or whatever it is that I need and it goes in a little bag and then when I see somebody, because there's a lot of them, asking for something, then I give it to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a discretion sort of thing. You're, do they want food? Maybe they don't. Yeah. You know? But there's, I've never had a problem finding someone to give like that bag of Halloween candy to that I sure didn't want have sitting in my house you know so exactly oh yeah just the other day I'm our little church someone brings uh, too much candy in there was like so much candy there was like 10 pounds of candy so I put it in little plastic bags and I walked from 18th and Castro and by the time I got to Bender's I had one left I gave it to Will you know here you go pass it out to everybody but I would I put a bag of candy in front of this guy that I know all the time that passes out. He's always asking for food. That day he was passed out. So here, here's some candy. Put the candy, candy by his head. You know? That's sweet. <laughs> Eat some candy, man. Yeah. But if well, it makes you feel good, then find a way to do it. Find it. Yeah. Service. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good way to Being think a, of it. But that is like the Buddhist thing. It's be of service. When you start feeling bad, be of service. When you start to figure out things for yourself, be of service. You know, be of service is just general, good default thing to do. Yeah. And you are of service by Thank having this radio station. Yay! I just got to keep reminding you. Yeah. Uh, Don't you, discount yourself. Thank you. Feel free to donate uh, at our website. Press that donate button. Yeah. Everybody listening out there in the world. Uh, is there any other thing that you want to talk about or anything going on? Everything's great. This was really great. I feel, I feel a lot better. I feel uh, like we worked through some good stuff. <laughs> I got some, but I do, I do need to do some work. That's what I need to sort of focus on is I, I think I still have a lot of like, I have a lot of issues with my family that I don't know if, I don't think it's ever going to get resolved in a real life person to person format. So Mm -hmm. it's something where at least I can attempt to come to terms with it inside myself so that it doesn't continue to reduce my strength do you know what i mean yes i I do it takes away your strength when you give it any kind of energy it drains you it just drains you and and also that when i i have to deal with those issues because it's it's like the main problem i have with everything else is that there's issues of not feeling like i'm part of the group or like accepted or respected there you go in comedy and i feel that because of my relationship with my family dynamic growing up and feeling that I'm the youngest, but I'm also kind of smarter than all you guys yeah. <laughs> and never really feeling like getting the praise that I felt I deserved from the people that were closest to me. And then therefore 
I have this strange expectation. It bleeds over into your comedy. It absolutely well because I, I get mad at these guys that are like my brother that are comedians that maybe aren't as I don't think they're. I think I'm maybe more talented than they are in some way, but they get all the good stuff and everybody likes them more and nobody likes me, and but it's the dynamic. No, you're you're of, on you're onto something there, yeah. and I think we're probably getting close to. We're getting pretty close to time, but, but I wanted to share with you is like as I have this spiritual practice and I'm like this pastor this minister at this little church and i'm like oh i'm kind of good at teaching people this stuff and i'd have these workshops and nobody would show up and i'd go into all that self-deprecation nobody loves me and i've been working on that for like six months and it's starting to turn around people are starting to come to my workshops i'm not i'm losing that fear of rejection that feeling like nobody likes me right but you have to really accept the fact that you feel that way right and it does from your family life and the way you were in a kid it does affect what you're trying to do now creatively. It absolutely does. The abundance of love and friendship, you know, well, you didn't have the abundance when you were a kid and you felt rejected, you didn't fit in, and now you're carrying that same right. cloud over your head into this art form that you're actually very good at, but how come nobody's recognizing me then, you know? Right, and I always feel like, and this is weird, I've always felt like younger than everybody else, but I'm like way old now I'm like fucking 43 I'm not a kid anymore but I still I still feel like you know 8 year old I still feel like a 14 year old I still feel like I'm younger or somehow not as accomplished or that I'm never gonna be recognized by the but it's I honestly that's I I think it has a lot to do with the family dynamic from when I was growing up and Jesus and all that stuff. I'll never be good enough for God. God's too perfect. Jesus is perfect. I'm a sinner. I'm awful. I'll never be good enough. And you're still carrying around that today. Yeah. Until until you sit with it and and get to the bottom of each one of those little items. You can. It's not, it'll, it'll, it'll sort itself out. Yeah. I just, the the thing is I need to work it out for me. I mean, it would be nice if I could, I mean, but the thing, I don't think they want it. I don't think my family wants to hang out with me anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, about them. It's about you. Right. It's about how you feel about them and how they make you feel. And Because you can't change their behavior. Right. But by not being attached to wanting them to be a certain way, it frees you up. It doesn't take the energy out of you. Right. And it'll affect other parts of your life. I'm speaking from personal experience. Yeah. I got a lot of family drama, too. And I, I just, I, I don't, I mean, I, I like drama, like on stage and I like drama that way but I don't like I and it's funny because I just I don't thrive off personal drama anymore and I used to I used to really like that was how I I don't know I felt like life wasn't interesting unless I was in some sort of turmoil about something Uh and now I'm just like I don't want any turmoil I just I just want everything to be smooth. Yeah, and, like and I just don't. I don't want any more of these like crazy drama. Ups and when down you go and, to the theater, yeah, you're in a dark room. They're acting on stage. You're living vicariously through other people. They're, that's not your drama. That's not your emotions. Right. But you're emoting with them, and it's kind of interesting to get scared or get happy or horny or whatever, you know. But when it's your life, you really don't want all that up and down stuff. It's it's really not what what you want to have going no, on. Not anymore. Yeah. I, but I used to because I used to think it used to drive my heart. I thought that you couldn't make good art unless you were drunk or sad or insane or in love or. Feeling well, unrequited or... In magic, in magical practices and in the initiatory 
fraternity, whatever groups, you learn to pull up that drama on cue. It's like, oh, I'm going to be creative. And then you bring up in your imagination huh. a state of mind or an experience that got you all worked up and juiced up. And then you apply it to your art and then you turn it off. Sure. You can do that. Yeah. You can do that. That's what magic is all about. Yeah. That's what Law of Attraction is all about is using that crazy state, but you don't have to live in it all the time. You can just pull it up because you it's on a file. It's like a pulling a, a, a CD off and, and putting it in the machine to play. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to play this feeling right now because it's going to inspire me. Instead of actually, I mean, I, I wish I would have met you back when I was in my first year of grad school. <laughs> I would I not was, have been the person I am. I was. I was. A I wouldn't problem. know any of this stuff. <laughs> I was like, I was just getting so outrageously drunk, and then ha- just allowing horrible things to happen. And I knew what was going on, and I hid the truth from myself behind alcohol and stupidity, and just. And it's so funny because when you look, of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, I look back now and I'm like, you dramatic bitch like what the fuck I was a crazy person just and but you know I was living my life and being crazy and I just moved to the city and yeah I just left my husband and so it was a crazy time because I didn't do that in my 20s I was being all responsible and being a teacher and living this other life and then all of a sudden now I'm like I'm gonna be wildly irresponsible and I was wildly irresponsible and you survived and I survived talking about it yeah but I was wildly irresponsible with my own emotions, other people's emotions, mm-hmm. and alcohol. Oh, yeah. Like, just yeah. crazy. I mean, I used, to, I mean, it's so funny now because I, if now if I have three beers, I'm like, tossed. But I mean, I was drinking like, I was drinking a lot. I was having like, you know, three beers and six shots of whiskey a night, which I can't even imagine now drinking that much. But that's the norm around here for a lot of people still. I know, but that's so much. Not for me anymore. And and it, I mean, even last night, because it was Halloween or whatever, we partied a little extra hard. I think I had four beers and I, I had lunch, but no dinner, but I had four beers and I passed out. I woke up this morning. I didn't throw up or anything, but I just felt like... Oh man! Yeah, and I'm like, four beers? Am I that old? Like, does that what happens when you get old? Like, you just, or maybe I just was so wildly irresponsible back then. I didn't care. I can't. I just can't imagine having nine drinks ever in one night now. Ever. Yeah. I mean, at the time, that was the shit. Yeah, that was the fun thing to do. Right, and I mean, I was like. I was a drunken mess. There's a, I just, I don't remember a lot of stuff that happened. And that was interesting too, because I used to use alcohol sort of specifically to get in this blackout state because I'm still on and I'm still fun and I'm still okay. I just don't remember it. So it somehow forgives all my behavior <laughs> like if you don't I know it was a terrible I, re- I recognized the pattern and I was like this has got to stop no more whiskey I just stopped drinking whiskey that was basically it it wasn't that tough but oh, no, I freak out if I black out drink uh, drink till I black out I freak out because I'm like oh my god what did I do and then I ask people what did I do well and we that's the okay. thing is well and that's but a little loud <laughs> and that's what I hope for but I don't even ask I mean I'd stop even asking people I yeah. figured if I did something really wrong someone would tell me but it was that it was almost that I knew that my behavior was so embarrassing that I didn't even want to remember it. Do you know? Like I, I was doing, I was being so, like outrageously dramatic 
with not, not lying to myself, man. I mean, I was trying to get involved in a relationship with a person that was never going to work. Like he, mm. I, and I specifically knew that it was, he just wanted it for sex. And I was like, I want you to be my boyfriend. And so I would allow these things to happen because I would sort of, I was blackout drunk. So I would, I would do these crazy things, but then I wouldn't remember it and he wouldn't say anything about it. But then it, anyways, it was that I didn't, I didn't want to remember because it helped me keep a shield on the truth because I could never remember, (laughs) you know? So then I just sort of had my own memories and images and things that I'd pull out of it. Like, you know, we had sex and I'd remember that but I wouldn't remember anything else so that I would shield myself from the knowledge that he'd say like, this is just sex. I am not into you. I promise. And I kept being like, Willie, it's sex. Me must be into me. But it's because I was getting blackout drunk so that I wouldn't hear. I mean, it was, I can look back now and see it so clearly and be like, you are dumb, but why beat myself up for the past? But at least I acknowledged it and I've changed my behavior. There you go. Took the words right out of my mouth. Don't yeah. beat yourself up. Just acknowledge it. Like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, it's the beating yourself up when you don't do what you think you're supposed to do. That's the worst part of it all. You know, yeah, that's the worst. I can't. Part. I can't beat myself up, but, but I can, you can learn, learn from it. And I learned. Ooh, jinx. We almost yeah. said learn at the same time. Jinx. I love learning. Learning. I love learning. <laughs> Self analysis, baby. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Didi. This has been really great. I feel like I've actually got some really new, great things to sort of delve in and think about. And, yeah. and and hopefully the people listening, you know, get to know both of us a yeah. little bit better from this very Del- candid conversation. Just yeah. delve into your psyche, everybody, and uh, be true to yourselves. And and you know, don't beat yourself up if you if you miss your mark. You're get, still okay. Get your needs met. Yeah. Get your needs met. Thank you so much, Didi. You're the best. Bye. Everybody, on Monday, the 6th of November, go to the right spot. What's the time of that? 5.30 to 7.30. 5.30 to 7.30 at the right spot on 17th and Folsom on Monday. If you want November to have more 6th. conversations like this or all things metaphysical, all things we'll see what happens. Right. Metaphysical Mondays. Thanks so much again. You guys have been listening to Some Call Me Tim. Uh, I'm Pam Benjamin. We'll be back next week with, I, I don't remember who, but someone great. Thank you so much. Yay. Bye. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? 
We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco
Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. Howdy, mutineers. It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. 
I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't. I put a spell on you. Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian. You know how I got good? How good? How did you get so great at comedy? I got great at comedy. During happy hour. Yeah. Every Friday from 6 to 8 with new host Trina Roderick. It's where um, people go and sometimes they smell bad and sometimes they don't smell bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. <laughs> Mutiny Radio made me better than you. And that you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll bet never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never be better than Zach. And you also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol, so it's happy-ish. But you're going to do comedy. I'll do comedy. And you're going to enjoy comedy. Just be an audience. Just come. It's free. Yeah, I just drink in my car. <laughs> you could like drink. Like an adult. Exactly. Drink, drink around the corner somewhere else. Not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from 6 to 8 with Trina Roderick. Yeah, do that. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days, all streaming live, all podcast posts, all Mutiny Radio, all the time. The third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Apply now. Safe and unrefrigerated food. After a storm or disaster, it's important to eat only safe food. Throw away perishables like meat, poultry, fish, eggs, and leftovers stored above 40 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours or more. Throw away food with an unusual odor, color, or texture. Throw away any food that may have come in contact with flood water, including food in swollen, punctured, and damaged cans. When in doubt, throw it out. To learn more, call CDC at 1-800-CDC-INFO.
last season on We're Alive. Nothing used to scare me. I didn't fear death or what might be there on the other side if today was my day. That was then, and this is now. Angel, where the hell is everyone else? What the hell happened to you? You look pale. You didn't see it? Weren't you on the 5-2? Those was... things ran onto the freeway. See that shit? They tore that car apart like a tin can. Uh, guys? There's too many! They're on fire! She's not stopping! Aim for the head! How the hell are there so many? That was like a hundred! I swear one of them looked like the commander. You need... some place... like a prison. This isn't just about us. There are a lot of people out there who are where we are now. Locking themselves in some safe place, waiting things out, hoping that someone is going to come rescue them. My girlfriend's apartment building. One main lobby with a small stairwell. We could turn off the elevators. That gives us a very small area to contain as the entrance. How do you expect to make it to the building? Like the roads are probably jammed with broken down cars and God knows what else. We'll take one of the Humvees. Do we really need to wear uniform? You wear this? People will know who you are and won't think twice about coming with you. There's a lot that this uniform represents that we will need out there. How does it look out there? Saul, you're driving! Did you really have to run over the commander? Stop the car! What is it? Look, up there, the roof of the flower shop. How many up there? Just two. Jump onto the roof! I didn't think anyone was going to come. Hi, Pegs. I'm Saul. And that's uh, Angel and Michael. Riley, nice to meet all of you. Pull around to the side, down that ramp. We'll secure from the ground floor, starting with the parking garage. You two be ready to fire. On three. One. Two. Three! Oh, oh shit! Oh, man. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Who the hell are you? I'm Datu, the maintenance guy for the building. You have the keys, don't you? And you know what key opens what door. And every place that someone or something might be hiding in this building. We need your help. We're gonna need to get organized. The more people that we can help and have hide out here, the more important it is that they each pull their own weight. Let's get moving. Saul, Angel, get down here! We got something. Please, please let us in! Oh, oh shit, they are! Too late. What the fuck happened? Get that too. Find whatever you can to board up this door. They keep pounding like this and the hinges are gonna go. God, he can't be dead. How's the girl doing? Oh, Lizzie, she'll be all right. I found some meds in the cabinet that should come with you. I was thinking maybe we should have a little store or something that we keep everything valuable. That way we know what we have and what we need. Well, then what is our top priority? Getting through that door so we can clear the lobby. See, Lizzie said she came here because she saw it was boarded up and knew people were alive inside. What if more people see it right now and think this place is safe? We need generators, and we need them soon. I mean, we lose power, all those frozen foods are useless. One Take a minimal there. crew, just two of us. When are you leaving? First thing in the morning. How long are you planning to be gone? Less than a day if we can help it. I got it. Uh, you, you, you could make some signs. You know, we, we, could, we could hang them from the rafters here. You, you could sew some sheets together and, and paint, paint some signs. Yeah. Pull into this market. Shit. This one's been raided too. Come on. Let's just see what they got left. File in one at a time, please. We need to make sure you're all okay. Please, give us your name so we can write you down and any skills or jobs you might have had. Can you believe this? The only two worth mentioning from the second group were Tommy and Kelly. 
Tommy was 16 at the time and was being babysat by his aunt when everything went bad. Kelly was a lawyer back before all this happened and didn't really care much for kids. You think I want to babysit you? Your mom left you with me and didn't come back. What am I supposed to do now? You want me to just leave you? It's the boy. His aunt told me he has celiac disease. He can't eat gluten. Which means the roof is now a priority. Come on, let's go try and deal with that asshole who's locked himself up on the top floor. I knew you'd be back. Thought you might be able to sneak up on me, did you? See what I mean? He's lost it. We need to get to the roof, and we can't do that unless you let us through. All we want to do is use it to grow some food. That's all. We just need to get past her door. Oops. What do you mean, oops? What happened? One of them was just close to the edge. It just fell off. Oh, well, that's... What is it doing? It's calling others. There's more coming. Michael! The front door! They're almost through! There must be hundreds out there! Get everyone upstairs. Everyone who can wield a rifle or pistol, send them to the lobby. Hurry! Right here! Shoot every face you see poking through. We need to hold them. There's so many! Pull up over here. Oh, shit. Locked and loaded. I didn't know they had one of these in L.A. Oh, damn it. It's been raided. Looks like someone had our same idea. It's just a bathroom. Yeah, but someone...